0: Good morning. I'm so glad that you're here this morning and that you're participating in uh, this great service. Uh, Early in the year, we start looking towards God to give us some direction as to where we're going for the rest of the year. And one of the words that he's dropped in our heart is that this is to be a year of encounter. I've been told a couple of times this is going to be a weekend where you know where you were. Ten years down the road, they'll say, where were you when this happened? Uh, it's getting late in the weekend, it's 20 to 11, and I don't, uh, nothing really outstanding, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, I do believe that this is going to be a season where you're going to remember that you were here, and that God did something specifically for you, and that he did something for us as a house. And so we want to talk about Encounter this morning, and I've asked for some help, um, before you go, be sure that you get this bookmark. It uh, it just lists the seven things that we are wanting to participate in individually as well as a group. We believe in connection. We believe that it's important that one of the reasons that god comes and and one of the ways that he does come is when we are together and we're talking about what is he doing in your life and what what do you think this means and and so connection is is meaningful we we believe that we're supposed to be in the word every day it doesn't i'm not asking you to read through the bible in a, in a year i just want you to be every day in In the Bible. Uh, We we believe that you can find something of God's power and something of your identity in serving. And in the weeks that are ahead, we're going to give you opportunity to find a place to serve, one place inside the house, and we'd like you to find a place outside the house to serve. And uh, we believe that you need to be learning something, growing in some area, constantly growing, constantly uh, understanding more about God and, and finding out more. And there's connect groups that will be running and, and uh, just different readings that we'll hand out, then we, we think that'll be in, important. We, we invite you to, uh, to, to be part of our prayer. We want you to pray at home on your own for yourself, for your family, for your church, and for your neighborhood, your work. But we want you to come at least one time a, a month to, to join us in prayer. And uh, we think that, that that'll be very helpful to you. We want you to invite a friend Find somebody who needs the hope that you own right in your own heart and bring them. And we want you to learn how to give. We're believing that we're coming into a season where where it's going to be kind of tight for for some. But God says, listen, I want to prosper you. It says in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, I will prosper you. I will prosper you in your family, in your work, and in your legacy. And so we're believing that as we come together and we do that, uh, God's going to uh, encounter. I'm going to ask my three speakers if they'd come. I've asked these people uh, with purpose because they're people that I know of who have had encounter recently. We're not talking about years ago. We're not talking about um, last year. We're talking recently. And so um, I've given them a little bit of a head start as to where we're going, and then we'll see where we end up, okay? So what I'd like to first start is I'd like you to tell us something about yourself. I know all of you, um, but some folks here don't know you. I-, I want you to tell something about who you are, what you do, where you come from. Ryan, why don't you start?
1: Um. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm born and raised in Calgary, really not too far from here in Whitehorn, so that's where I grew up. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I've got a lovely wife, Catherine and, and Charlie, who often just wanders all over the church during yes. worship and through the service, so if you find somebody coming up and patting you on the knee and <laughs> staring up at you, it's probably my daughter. Um, yeah, and uh, and have really been involved with, um, with C3 and, and with Marlborough. Since, uh, since I was in elementary school coming up, uh, Debbie was the one who got our worship team together at, at Heritage and was a big part of that, so uh, very involved in music, um, now involved in speaking, I guess next, <laughs> next week I might, might have a look at the books and see what's going on there, but okay. yeah, good to be here, Bill. Thanks.
0: What kind of work do you do?
1: Uh, I'm a data scientist, uh, so that's... Uh, it doesn't mean I'll walk around in a lab coat all day, <laughs> but uh, I do, yeah, I do data experiments for, um, for professional sports teams. Okay, good, good.
0: Alina, who are you?
2: Oh, is it on? Yeah. Um, so I'm Alina. I was, uh, I guess, born in Finland, for those who don't know. Moved to Calgary when I was four, so my older brother, oh, just slightly younger brother and I were born there, and then Eric was born here, so... Fun fact, Derek's actually more Canadian than we are. Um, and then I've been going to this church since 1983, so probably a lot longer than most of you, except maybe Alec, probably longer <laughs> than me and maybe a couple others. But I started coming here for Sunday school, and it's a funny story. My mom and my brothers were too shy to come, so I came with my dad, because we used to go to a Finnish Pentecostal church here in town, but then a lot of the Finns moved away, so we started coming here, and here ever since, really. Okay.
0: So. Yeah. What do you do?
2: work for a major oil and gas company. Okay. <laughs> I do logistics. Okay. It's not as fun as it sounds, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, for you who haven't put it together, Pastor Eric is her youngest brother. Okay. Good. Angela, who are you? <laughs>
3: um I am, well, I was born and raised in Edmonton. Go Oilers. (laughs) I put that in there. (laughs) Uh, No, but honestly, I saw the light about
0: six (laughs) and a half years ago, and I moved here
3: (laughs) for my job. I'm in law enforcement, um, and I started coming to C3 about six years ago. Oh, so it was very short (laughs) after I moved here, and I actually met my one.
0: Yes, good, good. Just celebrate
3: our fourth
0: uh, wedding. Last weekend, yeah. very good, yes. very good. Um, you're in law enforcement. What do you do with law enforcement?
3: I'm a police officer with Calgary Police.
0: Okay, Good, good, good. Uh, the next question that we want to talk about, uh, what's the circumstances that brought you into the encounter that you had? What, what was going on in your life? Where, where was your heart? What, how, how did God show up? And, Angela, we're going to start with you.
3: Um So all my, all my life, it's been really important what people have thought of me. And that was actually the foundation of my life was uh, putting stock into that. But what really influenced me the most was actually words that people had spoken to me. And it was usually the hurtful ones that just latched on, and I would stew on it, I would identify with it. And over time, that's actually what became the narrative in my mind. And I just had this constant, like, inner torment about always having to measure up. But because I let those thoughts just run wild, and what people thought of me and those words just stick to me, um, over time, I just started feeling worthless. I was angry, I was bitter, I was resentful. I was incredibly bound by fear, Um, and I just, to be honest with you, I just grew to hate people. I just just couldn't get there, and I just let it um, grow and take root in my life. Um, When I was about 16 years old, um, a youth pastor had actually prophesied over me, and he said, "Um, you know, you're like a flower that's closed up because of hurt but one day the Holy Spirit's going to rain down on you and you're going to open up again. And I remember feeling hope for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I really clung to it, and it was days, weeks, years. I really hoped it would happen, but I didn't actually see it come into fruition in my life. And then I would say it was about a few years ago. Um, I just got to a point where I felt like I couldn't do this anymore anymore. I was so negative. I was um, trying to change, be more positive on my own strength, but I failed every time. Um, Instead of running to God for resolution, I totally ran away from him. Um, Really, what he thought of me, how he saw me, did not matter. Um, I found it in other places. And I just believed that he could not change me. Um, Through word of mouth, Uh, I heard about something called a freedom group, and that it changed people's lives. And I thought, you know what, I need to join because I need a change. Obviously, what I'm doing is not working. And this was kind of like my last-ditch effort to make a change in my life and be released from just this inner torment I had. Um, So in January of this year, I I joined a group, and it kind of started from there, my... Big transformation
0: Very cool we're going to come back to that Elena um, just before we go on when we say that connection is important it really is because you're all sitting here and you're looking at one another and saying oh they're nicely dressed they've got it all together everything and there's nothing further from the truth none of we're all broken people we all have got our problems we've all got stuff that's got us uptight and wound up and worried and and uh, so connection you get to know more than their face more than their name but when you hear their story something happens okay and that's why it's important that you get to know their story because one of these stories is going to touch everybody in this room maybe all of them but one of these stories is going to be very impactful to you alina what was it that brought you to this most recent encounter that you've had
2: um, so, um, our dad passed away, uh, two and a half years ago, as you guys probably know. So, just before that, i had a, like, not terrible couple of years, but not the best, I'd say. So, um, anyway, God has always been faithful, though, in my life, and I think that's the recurring theme through life, is just his faithfulness. I've tried to be as faithful as I can be. Not a perfect Christian, 100% not perfect, but to be faithful in things like tithing. So PB taught me from my earliest babysitting gigs, like, you got to tithe 10% Alina. I'm like, well, <laughs> I better. And, like, literally, I have never not tithed on <laughs> anything. And I mean, and I just, like, a side note about tithing. PB didn't tell me to say this, but tithing is super important, and it doesn't mean you're going to get always rewarded monetarily. Sometimes it's through health, connections, people. Like, so I think you need yes. to be super faithful in that if you're not already because... That's a huge key. And we don't realize the blessing that comes on our lives when we tithe. So just a side note there. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so kind of back to about, I guess, two, two and a half years ago, um, just when we were going through the phase with Dad. um, I think, um, like, a lot of us pray for healing, but I think a lot of us expect healing to be some big miraculous thing that it was in the Bible. And it doesn't always need to be. And I recently read an article and talked to one of my good Christian friends about this, where healing can be sometimes that... God takes somebody to heaven, and that's where they find their complete healing. Um, So we were all believing that dad would get healed. He had a really extremely aggressive cancer where you don't survive unless you get healed from it. And we all wanted to keep him around, but I think I realized before he passed away that, you know what, God's faithful. God's going to do the right thing in this situation. God's going to look after us and our family. He's going to look after dad, and he was super faithful through that whole time just as you know, dad was getting to the end of his life. Um, and it doesn't mean that, that God failed or we failed in our prayers because right. he wasn't healed. It doesn't mean right. that. It just means God had a different plan. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if a lot of you guys know this, but we, we had actually, I could say this, the pleasure of being able to hang out with dad for the last week of his life at all at home at my mom's. And we were able to serve him and spend time with him that whole last week. And we were with him when he passed away. And he passed away at home and that was the best spot for him because you didn't want to be in a hospital when, there, you know, COVID was raging, right? So, so, just really thankful for that. So, that kind of started it. And then, I don't know if you want me to go on or if you want yeah, me to... Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, then, <laughs> that was May 2020. And then, uh, 2021, I had some, some health issues. I realized mm, something's going on. So, another little advertisement here. If you think something weird is going on in your body, go over to the doctor. Come so on. I did. Come right? on. Don't be scared, just go, because a lot of times, you, know, if you get it checked out early, it's going to be a lot better. So I'll tell you, I had blood in my urine, Never a good sign. went to a doctor, went to specialist, got a bit thrown around because of COVID. Anyway. long story short, um, I had uh, an appointment booked in January of 2022. But just before that um, so just kind of think about that for a second But just before that, it was Christmas 2021. And the Tuesday before Christmas, I got COVID. And so I missed, and that was like the 10-day isolation period. So I missed Christmas and New Year's with my family. While I was isolating for COVID by myself, my neighbor's place flooded into mine. Both levels, all rooms. So this is not a fun spot to be in. Um, So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to dig into God. What else am I going to do in my 10 days? Um, (laughs) Probably a good thing, God. I think God kind of halted me at that right, point. Right. Um, but then, you know, to dry up all this stuff, I had about 800 of those big industrial fans in my house. So like in every room, which is <laughs> enough to drive anybody mental. The only time I went outside was to throw out the garbage or put out the recycling. But God said, okay. I was on Instagram, whatever, and there was this Beth Moore was doing a prayer tutorial and God said, you're going to watch that in the middle of this fan noise. I thought, okay, may as well as about an hour long and it taught you how to pray without really praying for yourself, but praying for everything else but yourself. But out of that comes so much good stuff, as we right. know, right? So anyway, that'll happen, taught me to dig into God. And then um, I should have mentioned this to you. Just before Christmas, I went to Mom's church, and there was uh, they were doing like a, uh, it was all songs. And there was two songs, one, about, one called Seasons from Hill Songs and one called uh, Behold Him. I don't even know who it's by. But anyway, these two songs had lyrics in it that then I listened to when I was going through all this rough stuff around COVID and Christmas and flooding and all that stuff. So it's almost like God was prepping me for what was coming in January, February. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, I keep going. More? Okay. Keep going. I just don't want to be, I'm trying to talk fast. So I can <laughs> remember everything. probably forgot half the stuff. Because that's never
0: to. happened before. No. Olivia, never. So if
2: I talk to you fast, maybe just put up your hand and I can slow her down. But <laughs> um, So then kind of January, February comes January, I go to the, the doctor and he's like, yeah, probably not good things, probably cancer. And he wasn't the nicest doctor. So I was like, well, that sucks. And then two weeks later, I got an actual test, you know, and then I called Eric, and I'm like, well, can we go for breakfast? This is, like, really not a great thing. So it turns out it's, it's a tumor in my bladder, cancerous, and uh, they're like, okay, but, you know, we're going to be able to operate, maybe do some chemo, we'll put together a treatment plan. So at that point, um, I thought to myself, okay, well, you know what? God's always been faithful in my life. He's never not been faithful. Why would he stop being faithful now? So right off the hop, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be positive about this. I'm not going to be sad or mad. And most of you guys have heard me say this. I'm not going to be sad or mad, but I'm just going to trust that God knows what he's doing again in my life, because he always has. And I'm not going to get upset about it. And I'm not going to dwell on it, because between God and medicine, there's a lot that can be done, right? Mm. Um, anyway, do you want me to stop there? That's
0: good. We'll come <laughs> back to you in a second. Ryan, what was going yes. on in your life? Tell, tell us a bit about it. Yeah.
1: Um, well, what led me to this spot was kind of 33 years of blowing around in the wind as a Christian and doing all the right things and, and saying all the right prayers and going to the right schools and all that kind of stuff. But there was two really huge questions that I had struggled with, um, and one was I could never really get my my head wrapped around that God created the entire Earth. Um, I was like, ah, it's got to be, you know, if it would have been, we would have have totally proven it by now. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be an argument, and you know, or maybe there is something to all this, you know, space stuff, and um, and then the the second one was really just a, a a big existential question of like what are we all doing here like we 're all on this big blue marble, you know like what are we what what's the point what what are we doing? Um, I think that started to set set in to me in my life as I got a little bit further down the golf course,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, um, like I, going through school and and just having your sight set on, well, what am I doing in life? Well, I'm getting this degree, or mm-hmm. I'm getting this job, or, um, you know, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing A, B, and C. And then you kind of get there, and I think everybody's kind of had these moments where you just go, oh, that's it. Like, there, there's no massive, deep meaning there for you. Um, mm-hmm. There's no, you know, like, sense of purpose in it. And right. so... Uh, I, I just kept, you know, checking those boxes, and so God was bringing me to a place where uh, I was running out of boxes to check. Um, but yeah, those were my two big, two big questions for sure. Right. Okay.
0: Good. Um, Alina, tell us about the encounter when God showed up. Like this is awesome. Yeah. From. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I, like I was saying, I think um, I just determined that, that God's not going to give up on me, um, determined to pray through it, determined to um, let people support me and help me, because that's kind of hard sometimes. I like to be generous. I like to do stuff for other people, but it's hard to receive that kind of blessing. So Eric preached on, I don't know if you guys remember this on like Mercy a while ago, and I kind of like, remember, he I think he talked about like even this, like, letting yourself be blessed by others or something along those lines. but, And so that was part of the other thing, is just learning to, to get support and love and help and prayer from people. My mom mobilized, like, tons of people to pray. I don't even know how she got it on different continents and stuff. Um, so that's been huge, um, just knowing that people care so much. People at this church have been awesome. Like PB said a couple weeks ago, um, so I, I was going to send an email, but I thought, well, I may as well say it today, but... Thank you for everybody's support and prayer, because I know that there's been tons of people praying, sending cards, meals, you know, just checking in with, with me, which has been lovely through this whole thing. So um, really, truly thank everybody for that. But I think that's kind of the biggest thing was, okay, I'm, oh, and then sorry, and then the two things that God told me when this whole diagnosis happened is this is not the end of your story. When I went, yeah, that's right, it's not the end of my story, and then you're going to help other people through this. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, those, that's good enough for me. And that's already kind of started with um, some people in our extended family. Um, there's been connections that we never thought would, would happen and, and things like that. So God, he works bigger than us too, right? Mm-hmm. And the, thing, the other thing is, like, you got to focus on him. You can't focus on your situation. We hear this and you kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, truly, like, all the worship songs I listen to, it's, like, fully about God. Because, you know, there's those, they're like, worship songs, there's some whiny ones where it's like, oh, what about me? And I need... <laughs> this and I need that. And you're kind of like, really? And I get a little annoyed with those kind of ones, right? Um, if I'm honest. So you got to listen to the ones where it's like, glorify God. He's worthy. He's Come awesome. On. He's big. He's the one, you know, that controls everything. I don't. It's not little old me here on this earth, right? So that's, that. I think that focus shift was the biggest thing too, is just going, okay, it's not about me and I'm not going to worry about me. And, and then when you do that, when you focus on God, it takes the worry off of all the stuff and your situation and everything that could be going badly. And I tell you, like, I told you how I had that flooding in my place. I hate renovations, like, almost as, almost more than anything. And even with the cancer diagnosis, I was like, which is worse, like, renovations or <laughs> cancer? Like, you know, because that's how much I hate them. But even God was faithful in that. It took a while, but once, you know, we got in, got stuff done, um, even God was awesome about that. And I look like I have basically a new house now. So anyway... Just, I think that focus is, is the biggest thing. Is just focus on God and not ourselves.
0: I just want you just to for a second to talk about the peace part because that that's a big part of the story. Yeah,
2: it's so better. Um, so this is Isaiah thirty two seventeen. It says, "The fruit of that righteousness will be peace; its effect will be quietness and confidence forever." And I, I texted Pastor Debbie this, I think, just after Dad died. And that's one of the spots I've been living in. It's just, you know, I've got that peace, hope, trust in God. I try to be a righteous person, but you know what? And God is so faithful. And He's not going to let you fail. And He's not going to walk away from you, right? So that's been probably that biggest thing. Is that It's like a quiet confidence I've just had throughout because God's not going to fail me.
0: Very cool. That That's been... The neatest part to watch through the whole story so far is the peace that's been there and consistently been there. Uh, August 3rd was the the surgery, uh, 4th was the surgery, and even that day, amazing peace. Angela, this isn't your most comfortable place to be, is it? <laughs> when you discussed earlier about where you were with people, being vulnerable and open isn't your... Your favorite place? No. <laughs> no, this is way out of my element. <laughs> so t- let's let's talk a little bit about uh, what happened at this course and how it's changed you.
3: Yeah. So I should probably give some background on what this freedom group actually is. Um, really, it was um, a very tight knit group of people, uh, six at most, and it was really to look at the condition of our hearts what was holding us back from a full relationship with God. And through repentance, like getting free from it. And it was 12 weeks, it was quite intense. And um, the Holy Spirit did put some things on my heart and I'll just kind of share them with you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I had been drowning in pride. Um, I thought so low of myself that I actually thought I was being humble. And it was crazy how that pride masked itself as humility. Um, And that I couldn't fully surrender to God. Um, I had so much shame. I gave into the inner torment of feeling unworthy. And that was how God saw me. And I felt powerless to change. Rejection. um, This was a big thing for me. Uh, To kind of compensate for that feeling of not being accepted, I would... um, definitely go deep into buying material things, and I actually went into quite a bit of debt, which is even more stress on me. Um, Fear. Um, Satan actually uses this as a tool of torment, and that came through my thoughts of always worrying about what people thought of me, and I just could not step out, and I could not break that torment. Um, But I will say this, the Holy Spirit is very gentle. I never felt condemned, I just felt convicted. Um, At the end of the conference, there was, well, sorry, there was a conference at the end of the course. It was two days. And really, this was just prayer with other believers in the hopes that we'd find healing from those strongholds. Right. Um, So I remember going up for prayer, and the Holy Spirit was so clear in my mind. He was saying, let go. I have something better for you. And the minute I let go, the Holy Spirit washed over me. It just hit me. And all of the hurt, all the fear, all the shame, all the rejection, all the pride, gone. It was like instant. Mm. And I knew that God had healed my mind. Um, I felt free, like actual freedom. And I felt restored. I felt like I was made new again. It was just the craziest feeling. Um, and then I thought back to that prophecy <laughs> that I had 17 years holding on to it, and it came into fruition in my life. And that was my testament. I was like, God is real. He hears me, he sees me, and he wants the best for me. Mm -hmm. But I have to surrender it, and I did. Um, So, yeah, that's...
0: That's really cool. We're coming back to you. Ryan, um, talk about how... This isn't your most comfortable place either, is it?
1: No, not really. Usually back on the drums is nice. <laughs> I'm back in the cage there. Like
0: We're not, you're you're a bit of an introvert, right? Oh yeah, big time. You you married a an extrovert?
1: Oh, big time. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah, that that happens every once in a while. I hear. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> tell us about tell us about your encounter.
1: Um, yeah, so I'll just tell you the story. Yes. Yeah. Um, mine was. Uh, yeah. Um, I I was, I was walking to, uh, walking to a meeting that I go to on Wednesdays, uh, every week, and, uh, I leave the house, it's, it's pretty close to my house, so I leave the house, and, and I'm walking, and, and, uh, it's, I get to kind of, like, the main road where I would turn left to go to the, to where the meeting is, and, and I just kind of hear this little voice goes, like, no, you're gonna turn right tonight, and, uh, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, all right. So I turn right start walking down that road. And, and then I hear another, another, another word that's like, um, okay, you're, you're going to the park. Um, and I'm like, okay. I generally know that there's a park over in that direction. And, and then he says, yeah, you're going to Riley Park. And so I'm like, okay, I know where Riley Park is and how to get there. So I'm walking to Riley Park. And um, and, then I, and then I also noticed something a little bit strange and that I have to, like, um, I have to go to the bathroom. So he's like, you're going to the washroom in the back of Riley Park. Um, which is a little bit strange because I had just gone to the washroom before I left the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, I'm like, okay, well, going to the washroom over at Riley Park. And uh, so <laughs> I'm walking there. <laughs> and um, even, yeah... Even funnier, I had actually been to this washroom like two weeks ago and it was locked because <laughs> I was walking my dog around that park and they only open them up certain times of the year. So I'm like, go to the washroom in Riley Park. Like, I know it's going to be locked. And he's like, eh, don't worry about that. So I'm walking there and, and I get to Riley Park and I'm coming around the kind of the curve that, that leads to the pool in the back and kind of just as I'm coming up that curve, he... He just kind of lands two things on me. And the first thing he says to me is, praise God. just that simple. And uh, I'm like, okay, praise God. Got it. What does that mean? Okay, don't worry, like nothing yet. So then I just kind of keep walking. And then a couple steps later, I get another word, and it says, take care of people. And it's like, take care of people. Like the take is in is, is in like capital letters, and then care of people is, is in lowercase. And so he kind of gives me like, you know, praise God, take care of people, and uh, I, I so then I just continue walking, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm still going to the bathroom at Riley Park, so I'm just gonna <laughs> keep going there. And so then I'm, I'm I get a little bit closer and. Um, and then he starts to kind of unpack the first one, and so I, you know, I'm I'm thinking, well, praise God, like, what, what's that all about, and um, and I just, like, at that moment, I kind of just, like, look back over Riley Park, and, and I'm sure, like, most of you have been there, but it's just this beautiful, you know, beautiful city park where you can not only see, like, beautiful greenery, but then in the back, like, the city skyline, and, and kind of like all the modern architecture of Calgary, and, and if you get the right angle, even the mountains. So just looking at all this stuff, and he, he's just saying to me, like, praise God, because I created all of this. Like, look at what you're looking at right now. I made all of this stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, and, like, I'm, worth, I'm worthy of praise. And so that's, that's what you should do. Like, so there, there's one thing, right? Um. And then and then so I go to the second thing and I'm like, okay, well what's what's this take care of people all about? It's like, well, that was take take was in, in capitals, and and uh he just says to me, like, you don't you don't you don't just take care of people in your life, you have to be very like to take something, like if you were to look up the definition of take, it's like an action word, right? Mm-hmm. Like snatch or like take something mm-hmm. away. It it requires you to make the first move. And so he's saying Take care of the people in your life. Don't just be there for them when they're in the gutter or when they need, you know, a crying shoulder. Um, Like, like proactively take care of people. Um, And so, so I get a little bit more clarity on both of those those points and then I'm, uh, but I'm still going to the washroom in Riley Park. (laughs) I'm like, I said, that's where I was supposed to go. So I I, I go there um, and after after getting these two words and these two clarifications, and I go there, and, and I'm like, okay. I, so I get to the washroom, and there's a guy, like, there's a guy that just kind of, like, like, comes in right behind me. Like, he, I guess he kind of, like, sidles me. Like, he's just right in there, like, and then I'm, and then I'm, I go into the washroom, and I don't know about you guys, but like, if somebody just walks in like right after me, like, well, my game plan has changed now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to the, to the urinals, I'm going to the stalls for safety, because <laughs> I don't know what's going on back there. So. <laughs> anyway, so then I'm, oh, I'm changing my game plan. So I go into the stall, and I go to the washroom. And, and then I'm about to leave, and I see that there's something written on the back of the door of the washroom.
0: <laughs> and, now- it's a like, prophetic graffiti here. Okay, go yeah.
1: ahead. Now. And I didn't really want to look at it because I, I wanted to be like, no, no, I had, this, I had this great word from God. I don't want to look at what you think would be written on the back of a bathroom stall <laughs> in Riley Park and graffiti, which is probably going to ruin the moment. But this is what was written on there, and I, I had to go back and take a picture of it. So I, after this happened, I, I had to go back. But it said, deep down, you already knew the truth. <laughs> the hardest part was choosing to accept it. So, um, it was it was totally, totally that moment for for me where he tied everything all together, and he answered those two questions for me, like, "What do you you know? Did I create all of this? Absolutely. And what should you be doing? Love me, praise me, and take care of take care of each other. And, um. He, you know, he waited. He let me struggle with it for 33 years. He waited for me. He brought it to me in exactly the right moment. Um, and he also, like, I'm, am a little bit of a, a, of a little bit of a doubter. So just to seal the deal. <laughs> He puts the writing on the back of the of the washing <laughs> stall, <stone. laughs> just to be like, you can't say that because I, you know, I, that was the first thing. It's almost like he he gave the conclusion before writing the rest of it, and just knew that like he was gonna seal it for me, and then took me through the rest of it. And then okay, boom, you see that uh, you see that on the door. It's like okay, those those are the words. Those are the instructions. They're simple. They're clear. Let's go do it.
0: Did you hear the words? Did you feel the words? What? How did how did God speak to you?
1: Yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like an audible voice, but just kind of like a, you know, a word, a word popping into your head. Yeah. Um, but just absolutely out of nowhere. You know, I hadn't really been ruminating on these questions recently. It's something I had thought, I had been thinking about for years and years and had some conversations with my wife about, but it's not like I had been thinking about it recently. It's not like I had been, like, reading the Ten Commandments or something. <laughs> it was just absolutely out of nowhere. Praise God, take care of each other, super clear. And of course when I get them, I'm like, well, of course that's it, right? Like love him, love others. Like that's yeah. that's one and two, right? But he just, you know, he, he he brought it to me in in such a meaningful way. And um it was just so special and and then yeah, and then confirmed.
0: confirmed How'd that settle you down? Like what did what did that do inside of you?
1: Yeah, so yeah, I continued to walk around the park that night and um, I, I called Eric and, and right away and told him the story. And that was actually really funny because the reception on our call was really bad <laughs> and so I keep telling him the story and I have to keep, like, repeating it. He's like, okay, wait, what was the first thing again that he said? <laughs> praise God. He's like, I got the praise part. What was the second part? <laughs> praise God. So I had to say it like another like 10 times during that phone call. And I think that was also God's way of just pounding it deep and deep <laughs> into my skull, like having to repeat it so often. But um, yeah, it, it, just, it, it just kind of laid on simple instruction. And, and yeah, like, like Alina said, it was just like came with a piece. Right. Like a confidence and a piece of just like, okay, there it is.
0: Angela, what's changed for you?
3: Well, I can say for sure that God's word has become the foundation in my life. Mm-hmm. And that has been the strength in my life. Not what others think or what they say, because that is shaky ground. Mm-hmm. And it's not what you want to build off of. And that's just become the truth in my life. Um, I started to see value in people and their potential and I just want to see people free from whatever is holding them back. Very cool, very cool. Um, Because it's truly changed my life and I just want to see others be changed. Um, And I also have a passion for just building a relationship now, Um, Mm. wanting to open up our home more to people and getting to know new faces, that is just something that I really want.
0: And that's new, right? You wouldn't have wanted to do that before. No,
3: I was too scared, and, you know, I just had all this bitterness and resentment. It was just not a good place for me, but now from it, I can, you know, go forward with that. Very cool. Um, And I have no more fear. I mean, there's times I get nervous, and it does crop up, but it doesn't hold me back anymore um, to the point where I'm able to sit in front of you guys today and be able (laughs) to talk. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: And worship, you've joined the worship team.
3: Yes, and I have to say it's been a great place for growth for me because I've truly felt supported, and I've had the gentle nudges to really push boundaries for myself, and it's been really good. So,
0: and And there's new territory still. You're thinking... Keyboards.
3: Yes, I'm working on it, but that's um, to be announced.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. Alina, tell us some of the fallout of what's gone on. I mean, the hair fell out, but t- talk about other things. Well, the
2: hair and the eyelashes. The eyelashes were the most traumatic to go back. <laughs> so, and then you lose hair where you don't want to lose hair, and you gain hair where you don't want to gain hair. Afterwards, it's... Anyway, there's a lot going on there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I'm right now I'm wearing caps because I got sick of wearing beanies. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's not a fun thing to go through, but thankfully I'm not at the back end of it. But um, some of the fallout I think has been neat just to watch people at work, especially on my team. And just because I've, you can't be super vocal at work, especially like with your team because you can't be like seen as, okay, I'm going to stuff religion down your throat or God or whatever, you know. But I think it's just been, because I've sort of said that message, like, you know, not the end of my story, I'm going to be really positive, I'm not going to be mad or sad or upset about this, so I th- keep repeating that to people, and I think people just see that, and people saw, like, our family go through the death of our dad, and then, you know, um, now this, like, all, like right on the heels of dad, and I think people, you just have to live your life out and in front of people, and they will just see God's faithfulness through your life, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I've tried to do, and can't always be super vocal about it, but people see it, I think, right? And then I was so blessed, like, when I had surgery, like PB said, at the beginning of August, and my, like, everybody from work sent me stuff or came over, and, like, they were just so loving. Like, it was just neat to see, like, that support, not only from people, like, that you'd expect to get it from, like, at church and your friends and stuff, but just from that whole work crew. So I'm just praying that even more stuff comes out of that. Um my whole team's pretty open. Like I I, they know I go to church, they know a lot of stuff. If they're open to talk about it, I talk about it. But you know, like I said, you kinda have to gauge it. So I think that's some of the follow. And then for me too, like I mean I try to be good at prayer and reading my Bible. I don't always do a great job of it, but just really digging in more, like you just that's what you gotta do, right? Um, because that's where God speaks to you. And I think there's probably some ministry, other ministry stuff to come out of all this. I'm not totally sure of all that yet, but you know, obviously God didn't make me go through this for nothing. Like I said, I want to be able to help people and help people through similar situations or the same kind of situations, whatever that looks like, right? So, I think just being open to what God wants to do.
0: And people have come to you to talk about your faith, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. They do. That's why I say like, if people do, and even with my like close friends, like I mean, like Shelly, some of you guys know, but I've been friends with her forever. Like we we talk. Through, I, I can talk to her like I talk to a Christian because she believes in God, but like wouldn't be like a I'm coming to church kind of Christian, right. you know what I mean? But with all my friends, on it, I've just been able to share about, like, the faithfulness, and they've seen that, too. So, yeah, I think there's fruit to come. I just trust that there is, like, from that perspective, and from the people that don't know God yet, right? So. Right.
0: So the things that I want you to take from this, this morning is, uh, when we talk about encounter. You don't have to be perfect before God shows up. You don't have to have all your stuff together before God shows up. You just have to have this, where are you, God? Like, I need, I need to hear you. And he sets up a situation where your heart is cracked open so that you can hear him. Okay? And when he speaks, he speaks with love. Okay? None of these people said, I felt condemned or I felt this or that. They felt like God cared about them, that, God, that they were important to God. And he spoke about their future. Yeah. This is what I want. I, it, your story's not done. There's, there's things I want you to do. There's, I don't want you to be all tied up with all of this. I, I want you to be free for, for, for what God has for you. Um, I don't want you guys to go very far. In fact, if you sit on that front row, uh, we're going to go into communion And I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And um, I'm wanting us to think about communion this way. It's the family table. It's where God has invited us to come. And it's where God wants to meet with us, no matter where we are. I often hear this, well, Pastor Bill, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I am. Hey, listen, no matter how bad you are, there's somebody in this room that was worse than you are. I just know that for a fact. doesn't matter how broken up you are right now or how, how messy your life is. Somebody in this room had a messier situation than you did and God showed up for them and I know he's going to show up for you. And, and that's what this whole season is about. That's why we've put those seven things out. It's just preparing your heart, preparing your life for God to have an encounter with you. And so, in just a moment, they're going to start singing. Um, I've got some folks who are going to.